My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in my TV studio in front of our fireplace. And on the fireplace mantle, there is a nativity set. You know, when I was a young boy, I loved Christmas. We always had a big, beautiful Christmas tree in our home. And every year, my mother gave me construction paper, and I made my own nativity set made out of construction paper. I would put it under the tree, and I would think about the shepherds and the wise men. I would lay in front of my own nativity set that I made out of construction paper. Maybe you ought to give some construction paper to your kids or your grandkids. Tell them to make a nativity set. But you know what? There's something wrong with this picture. This picture is not based on the Bible. It's based on greeting cards because those painters who paint the covers of greeting cards wanted to put everybody on the cover of the card, so they put everybody in the same scene. But the shepherds and the wise men did not show up at the same time. In fact, there was nearly two years between the time the shepherds showed up and later the wise men showed up. And by the way, did the wise men really look like this? Did they just carry little singular gifts as they bowed before baby Jesus? Is this really what it was like? And who were these wise men anyway? And why do we call them wise men? Were they really wise? Why do some people call them kings? Were they wise men? Were they kings? Or were they magi, as the Greek text actually says? And what does that mean? That's what we're going to study today in this program as we study what really took place when the Magi come and see who were the Magi. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. Today we're going to dive right back into the Christmas story and we're going to see who were the Magi. You're going to be amazed when you find out who were Magi. But if you have a prayer need, contact us. We're waiting to hear from you. Just ring that phone. We'll answer it. And our team will put their faith together with you or send us an email. And by the way, we're offering you my series called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. This has been so much fun diving into the Christmas story, extracting nuggets to help us really see what maybe we've never seen before. There is so much to the Christmas story. And this series, which is 15 parts, and it comes in multiple formats, comes with an amazing study guide. You can use the study guide to tell the Christmas story to your kids and your grandkids or to anybody else you want to share the story with. It is just amazing. We're also offering you right now my books, Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number one, and Sparkling Gems from the Greek, number two. If you don't have number one, order number two. If you don't have either, order either one of them. It doesn't matter which one you begin with because they're daily devotionals, and they're just loaded I'm telling you, friends, these books will feed you. This one's really supernatural. I wrote number one in 60 days. Joel, can you believe that? Wow. How many pages is it? A thousand? Over a thousand pages. I don't know how I did that, but I really wrote this book in 60 days. Actually, I started writing it in the month of March, kept writing when I could find a day to write. Altogether, there were 60 days. It was in print and in bookstores by November of that year. Wow. That is a miracle. Then I wrote Sparkling Gems number two for people who already have the first one. It's just as rich as number one. Both of them are just loaded. Anyway, this would be great for you to order right now because we're starting a new year and you need the ability to begin studying the Bible every day. Study with Brother Rick.
I'll help you study the New Testament. That's what these are about. And for those who become partners with our ministry, we always send them Life in the Combat Zone. A partner is somebody who financially supports the ministry as regularly as they can to help us take this broadcast to people around the world, including Russia. We're taking this program into homes all over Russia and the territory of the former Soviet Union. That takes money. You can help us do that. And we also send Denise's book, The Gift of Forgiveness. These are our gift to anyone who becomes a partner with our ministry. You can become a partner by going online or by calling us at our phone number. But today, we're gonna talk about the Magi. Wow. Are you ready? I'm excited. You know, I remember when I was a little boy, every year in our church, we had a cantata. In one of the songs, they sang, We three kings of Orient are, bearing gifts we travel afar. And sometimes, we would have three men dressed as kings walking into the auditorium at that time. These were the three kings. And they always carried their gifts from afar. They had little boxes like this for little baby Jesus in Bethlehem. But is this really what they were carrying? Were they really carrying three little gifts? I think you're going to be shocked to find out what the Magi brought to Jesus. My friend, it would not have fit in three little boxes. This is just a religious tradition. You know why? Because it's hard to paint the real picture and put it on the front of greeting cards at Christmas time. So artists have just portrayed what they can put on the front of a greeting card, and people base their faith on greeting cards rather than on the fact. They didn't bring three little boxes. The greatest king ever born in human history had just been born. They didn't bring three measly little boxes to little baby Jesus. They brought phenomenal treasures, and the Bible says gifts. And today we're going to start covering some of this, and we're going to go into great depth about it in following programs. But this is going to be really good today. Joel, are you ready? I am ready. Do you have your Bible? Right here. All right, I've got my Bible. And I've got my notes, but today let's go to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. In the last program, we saw who was King Herod. Did you learn anything from that, Joel? Yes, he was quite the man. He was quite a character. But today we're going to begin again in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1, where the Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, there's Herod again. Herod is a principal player in this story. It says, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Let's stop and look at this verse. First of all, Matthew says, Behold. There's a reason why he said, Behold. First of all, the word behold is a Greek word, idu, a word used all over the New Testament, which always carries the idea of bewilderment, shock, amazement, and wonder to be totally astonished. Even as Matthew is recording this story years and years after the event, as he's writing the story, he says, wow, can you imagine it? This behold is his own expression about this event. Wow, it is amazing to this moment. Can you imagine? I'm shocked by this even telling the story. There came wise men from the east. We need to focus on those words, wise men. Some people call them the three kings. Some people call them the three wise men. But the Greek word is magoi. It's the plural form of the Greek word magos. It describes a group of median priests and astrologers, listen to this, 
who were strongly influenced by Daniel in Babylon. And Magi were so powerful in their time, they were considered to be king makers. This is very, very important. This is not three lowly kings or three lowly priests traveling by themselves on three camels coming through the wilderness to find little baby Jesus. These were powerful, powerful, powerful men. We don't know for sure how many there were. We're going to cover that in just a moment. But we know one thing. They were from the Median Empire, and these were magi. Wow. And as they came into the city of Jerusalem, verse 2 says, They were saying, Where is he that's born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. When the Bible says saying, the Greek word legantes means as they were literally entering the city, they were saying and saying and saying. They were saying to anybody who had an ear to hear, Tell us, does anybody know where? Where does anybody know where is he that's born king of the Jews? They were creating quite a stir as they entered the city of Jerusalem. And notice they said, where is he born king of the Jews? This word king is a Greek word, basileus. It's the normal word for a king. But when you read this in the Greek text, it is capitalized, which means this is not just a king. This is the king. This is the king, the highest ruler. Sometimes this word basileus can be translated the emperor. It was an absolute declaration that the king of kings had been born. And they said, we have seen his star in the east and we, we, plural, which means there were several of them, we are come to worship him. The word worship is a Greek word proskuneo. Listen to this. It means to kiss the ground when prostrate, prostrating before a superior, to fall down and prostrate oneself to adore on one's knees, to worship with all necessary physical gestures of worship. Where they had come from the east, their intention was to find the one born king of the Jews, capital K, the king, the greatest king ever born. Their intention was to fall prostrate before him, to worship before him. And actually this Greek word proskuneo means to kiss to form a kissing ground where they could blow kisses and intimately worship this one which was born king of the Jews. Mighty, mighty magi. Now what do we know about magi? Well, I'm going to read from my notes because there's a lot of information that I need to cover today. Are you with me, Joel? I am, I am. Are you with me? All right, let's study. Mark, Luke, and John are silent about the Magi. They do not mention the Magi. Magi are only mentioned by Matthew. And if you really study the whole story, guess what? They come to Jerusalem because they've come seeking the one born king of the Jews. But when they are dispatched to Bethlehem, they don't go to Bethlehem. You're going to find out in later programs. They disobey Herod. They follow the star. The star led them differently than what Herod told them to do. The star led them to Nazareth. Jesus, by this time, was already in Nazareth. But Magi, listen carefully, were sacred, powerful, influential priests. In fact, they were more powerful than kings. In fact, they were noted to be king makers. With one word, they could make a person king. And with one word, the united voice of the Magi could depose a king. That is how powerful Magi were. And so Magi were very feared even by kings. These were king makers. 
They could depose a king. They were simply very influential people in the ancient world. In fact, we really don't have anybody in our world today that could be compared to magi. Mm. I guess if you could take a politician and the pope and combine them together, maybe you would have a magi. That's the kind of people magi were. They were political, they were spiritual, they were religious, they were king makers. Mm. That is how powerful they were. And the magi were devoted to interpreting dreams, studying the constellations, and at the time of Jesus' birth, they were rich, very, very rich. In fact, in the East, there was really no one richer than Magi. And they were politically very powerful, as I have already noted. When Daniel came to Babylon, Magi were already in Babylon. And Daniel was so proficient in interpreting dreams and visions and hearing from God. Daniel was so filled with prophetic scriptures that scholars tell us that Daniel became the head of the Magi in Babylon, which means God installed a man in Babylon that could be his voice to the Magi. And Daniel began to write prophetic scriptures, and the Magi revered what Daniel wrote. Daniel quoted Balaam. Daniel quoted Micah. Daniel shared with the other Magi all the scriptures, the prophecies about the birth of the Messiah. And those words of Daniel so influenced the Magi in Babylon that they lived with those prophecies under the influence of Daniel even long after Daniel was gone. And for hundreds of years, they were holding on to the prophetic word that Daniel shared with them. And the Magi were waiting for the birth of a world leader that Daniel had prophesied about. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? Just amazing. Even though Babylon was pagan, Daniel had such a godly influence even among the Magi. They listened to this man of God. And they really paid attention to the sacred writings that Daniel had introduced to them. Daniel's influence in Babylon was felt for centuries and centuries. They revered his faith, they revered his prophecy, and they revered the scriptures that Daniel treasured. And because of Daniel's influence, and because of Daniel's prophecy, the Eastern Magi, listen, the Eastern Magi believed, and they were waiting for a world leader to be born that Daniel had prophesied to them about. They were literally hanging on to Daniel's words. Wow. For hundreds of years. Hundreds of years. And actually at the time that Jesus was born, generally at that time in all the eastern lands, there was a belief that it was time for a world leader to be born. All the religions were expecting it. They were all awaiting it. There was a general belief all over the eastern lands that a world leader like no other leader ever born was about to be born. Most of this due to the writings of Daniel and other prophecies that he had shared with the Magi in the East. Religious leaders were waiting for a new world leader. Even political leaders believed because of the influence of the Magi that a new world leader was about to be born. Magi in the East, especially in the East, were fabulously rich, fabulously rich. They were so powerful, as I've said, they were considered to be king makers. And as I've told you, we have no one in the world today to compare to magi. But no one could become a king in the eastern world without the endorsement of magi. They were so powerful they could remove a king with a single word. So you can imagine, kings were very respectful 
and even terrified of Magi. When they traveled, they did not travel alone. They were so powerful, they traveled in entire caravans. One Magi normally would travel with hundreds of people in his caravan. They were feared by kings. They were feared by politicians. For example, we have a record that once, can you imagine it, Magi showed up in Rome. And they showed up in Rome during the rule of Nero. Nero, who was ruthless, afraid of no one, who killed anyone he wished at will, he trembled when he heard that Magi had come to the city of Rome. He was terrified because he understood these were kingmakers. They could install a king. They could depose a king. That is how powerful were Magi. So when Nero heard that Magi had come to Rome, he rolled out the red carpet. He treated them like the royalty that they were. He could not be rude to them because they were Magi. They were really more powerful than he was. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Totally amazing that people of this stature came to the city of Jerusalem seeking the one that had been born king of the Jews. These king makers, king makers, were acknowledging that the world leader Daniel had prophesied about long ago, the king of kings, had been born. They were acknowledging it. Due to Daniel's prophecies, and due to what they saw in the constellations, and a figuring of dates fixed on the prophecies that Daniel had given, they knew that it was generally time for this to occur. And when they saw the constellation in the skies, what they called a star, they knew this was the announcement that the birth of this child had taken place. That star appeared to announce the birth of Jesus. That's very important in this story. But early church writers wrote a lot of history about this event and listen to what some of them wrote. Some early church writers say there were three magi. Some wrote that there were 12. So there's confusion about how many magi there were, but we know there were multiple magi because they said, we have come from the east to worship him. Some early church writers even give names, Gaspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. But what we do know about Magi is they traveled in huge caravans and there were likely hundreds and hundreds of servants traveling with them. They had bodyguards to protect them and they were carrying amazing gifts, not little trinkets, not little boxes like most of us see on our greeting cards or like we've seen in the events which we have in our churches to display the nativity. They came with treasures, and the Bible tells us gifts. It is plural. We're going to get into this in later programs. They were coming to recognize and acknowledge the King of Kings, the greatest world leader that had ever been born. And when they came toward the city of Jerusalem, it created quite a stir. Everybody, including Herod, heard that they were approaching the city. Herod was so paranoid about somebody trying to take his throne, that he had a whole system of spies that were set up in Jerusalem and all around the city of Jerusalem. It's likely that Herod heard long before they came into the city that they were approaching, and Herod was upset and all of Jerusalem with him. The reason all of Jerusalem was upset with him is because every time there was the thought that a new king was coming to power, Herod started killing people. But when you come to Matthew 2, 2, it says, as they entered the city, they were saying and saying and saying and saying, where is he born king 
of the Jews, for we have seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. Well, what about the star? What was the star? Well, the star has been immortalized in Christian songs, in paintings, and in Christmas cards. People put it on the top of their Christmas tree. But what really was the star? Some astronomers and historians for hundreds of years have been trying to speculate what was the star. Even the German astronomer Kepler proposed the star was the alignment of Jupiter and Saturn in the year 7 BC, which is interesting because that probably is about the time that Jesus was born. But a strange star really was seen at that time that was seen all over the Roman Empire, which was an alignment of Jupiter and Saturn. For the Magi to come to Jerusalem in search of the newly born world leader, the star that they saw, at least they thought it was a star, must have been extremely impressive. And a large number of scholars really do believe it was the alignment of Jupiter and Saturn in the year 7 BC. This would have produced a powerful sign in the stars. And I'm not saying that that's what it was, but that's what many believe. But the Magi were religious priests, so they would have believed that this sign in the constellation was the sign they had been waiting for to declare the birth of a world leader. Again, they had the prophecies of Daniel. Daniel had brought them the prophecies of Micah. He had brought them the prophecies of Balaam. They were holding on to these scriptures. And now they believe the constellation, the sign in the constellation that had appeared was the sign that this world leader had finally been born. And now they've come into Jerusalem. And Matthew 2, 2 says they were saying and saying and saying as they entered the city, where is he born king, capital K, king of the Jews? For we've seen his star in the east and we've come to worship him, to form a kissing ground, to fall before him, to worship him, to adore him, including all the physical gestures of worship. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 2, 3, when Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Why was Herod and Jerusalem troubled? That's what we're going to see in the next program. We'll be back in just a moment, and we're going to pray for you. Everyone thinks they know the Christmas story, but what you don't know are the fascinating details that only God could have orchestrated. In Rick Renner's 15-part series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the shocking and surprising events that occurred at the time of Jesus' birth. In this series, you'll discover the amazing details that are often overlooked, topics like exactly who Joseph was and why it mattered, what was the star that guided the wise men, and the significance of the gifts the wise men brought to the Christ child. Available in digital or physical format starting at just $24, you'll have a deeper understanding of the meaning and importance of Christmas, the rest of the story. When you call or go online today, you can also get sparkling gems from the Greek volumes 1 and 2. So many Christians live their entire lives skimming the surface of the Word of God. Most never discover the profound truth treasures that lie deep within the text. In sparkling gems from the Greek, Rick unlocks the brilliant treasures within God's Word and shows you how to live an intimate, uncompromising life with God. In an easy-to-read devotional format, each volume of Sparkling Gems explores more than 1,000 in-depth Greek word studies, revealing the profound wisdom and counsel from the Bible. Get one or both of these valuable resources today. Sparkling Gems 1 for just $40 and Sparkling Gems 2 for only $45. Don't miss this special offer, Christmas, the rest of the story, and the companion books, Sparkling Gems 1 and 2. Call now or go to renner.org to order.
Hey friend, this is Rick Renner, and I want to just take a moment to say thank you for being a partner with our ministry. I am so grateful to you. I mean that from the depths of my heart because of what you do, what you do every month. You enable us to take this teaching of the Bible to people that are crying out for it. I realize you may live in a city where it seems like there's a church on every corner, but the rest of the world is not like that. And people are really praying for somebody to bring them answers from the Bible. And when you send your gifts to this ministry, it's like you put fuel in the tank so that we can take the teaching to those who really need it. And I want to read to you from the Great Commission, a promise that Jesus makes just to you. It's made to you. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. You say, well, I'm not really going. Yes, you are. You may not physically be going, but with your gifts, you're enabling the gospel to go to the ends of the earth. There are those who go, and there are those who help others to go. That's your part. Right from the privacy of your home, without ever leaving your divan. You're affecting somebody else, somewhere else in the world. And to you, Jesus makes a promise. Listen to this in verse 20. Jesus says, if you teach them to observe whatsoever things I have commanded you, lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. And the word lo is Jesus' own exclamation. It is the Greek word edu, which means wow, wow, wow. Jesus says, wow, will I ever be with you? It's a conditional promise. If you go or if you enable others to take the message, Jesus says, because of what you have done, you can expect my power to show up in your life. Jesus says, lo, or the Greek would be better translated, wow, 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 will I ever be with you? You can lay hold of that promise, dear friend. If you're a giver to the work of God, if you're a giver, who causes the message of the Bible to go to the ends of the earth so that others can be taught as Jesus commanded us. Lay hold of that verse because Jesus promises his supernatural power to work in your life because you're involved in taking the message to the ends of the earth. So partner, thank you for doing your part and expect the power of God to operate in your life. But thank you from me, thank you from Denise, thank you from our team. We're doing what we do because you do what you do, and together, we're partners to make a difference. Well, did you enjoy today's program? I enjoyed it. How about you, Joel? Oh, I really enjoyed it. It was clear to me why Herod was upset. These magi were really powerful. When he came, they came into town, the Bible says he was upset in all of Jerusalem with him. We're going to see why in the next program. But remember, we're here to pray for you, and we're offering you my series called Christmas. The rest of the story comes with the study guide. We're also offering you Sparkling Gems 1. Sparkling Gems 2. These books are just so powerful. Order your copy today. And remember that for every person who becomes a partner, a financial partner with our ministry, we immediately send you to start our partnership relationship. My book, Life in the Combat Zone, and Denise's book, The Gift of Forgiveness. But thank you for being with me and Joel today. I hope that today you found out something new about the Magi. Tomorrow when we come back, we're going to see why Herod and all Jerusalem were upset. When the Magi came to town, don't miss it. It's going to be great.
But Joel, let's pray for our TV family. Father, we thank you for every person that's with us today and that you have allowed us to come right into their space with the teaching of the Bible. We thank you for the birth of Jesus and we celebrate in it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for being with us. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there is power. I'll see you in the next program. Thank you.